Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Brothers, sisters, and gender resistors, welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. And by my count, it's episode one, two, four. I wish I'd come up with something interesting to do with that number, but I haven't, unfortunately. For the next one, one, two, five, that'll be another milestone for us to hit. But until then, we have this week's podcast, which is with me, your host, the con man, Matt Connolly. And I'm joined by one of our regulars, one of uh, my favourite contributors. It's JCH. How are you, James? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. What I can give you, if you want, go on, is I've redone the stats for appearance mm. stats. Go, go, go. Um, which I then, obviously, I've had to redo it for the third time because I keep losing them because I was doing it on a piece of paper. So I've written them down in notes on my phone this time and sent it to the group chat in case I lose my phone. So this would be with 124. Um, I'm only going to go with people who've had three or more, list them off today. Absolutely fair. Uh, so the two and one cat wonders will have to uh, wait for a, a bigger uh, landmark before they get run out. Uh, three appearances, Gene Money. Yeah. Sign guy Sal, of course, yeah. Four appearances, Row. Row's done four. Okay, give himself above the Reigns fan row. Yeah. Then you sort of get into the more of the uh, the more regular contributors. Nineteen appearances for the Sultan, not counting Shock Masterminds, and uh, they're not they're not classified in this. As he might have had another six or seven. To be fair, is he yeah. on the? I was going to make the joke that he'd probably be in treble figures the way he yeah. annihilates <laughs> that game. Um, with uh, twenty five appearances, the Fox, Josh, Fox. This will be for the 43rd appearance, you'll be hearing me, getting close to that half century. Had a nice little run recently. Yeah. Former host of the podcast, I'm not sure if he still lives in the country, he used to work here. Might go to a different school now, Don Van Dam, 51. Oh, he must be so top heavy, like those first 20 podcasts, I feel like he was on all of them. Yeah, I did. He was on like about the first 20 or 30 in a row, I think. Just overtaken Dom last week with his 52nd appearance with a great interview with Harley Hudson. I really enjoyed. She was a delight. What a laugh she was. Matt Bromit, Brom with 52. Yourself, Con Man, this will be your 57th appearance on the pod as a host. I'll take that. I'll take that. And uh, way out in front with 96 appearances, closing in on that ton. So he's been a little bit MIA recently, sadly, but hopefully we get him back on soon, get those last four, get him over the line. Roster Boss Casey. <laughs> Well, that's why he is the boss, right? The With boss. a nearly four in five record. Yeah, it's a really good record. And Josh, on the other hand, a one in five record, which is still very good because I think he came to the group later. So that's still... Yeah, came in late. One of the later... He's probably, I think, the latest of the regulars to make a debut. Yeah. So some milestones all around for people. I'll be closing in on that 60, hopefully. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, I say, well, I'll get to 50. I, will, I might... Re- no, wait. You're still <laughs> looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll keep going this is going to go for thousands so we're all going to hit the hundred eventually as well so that's fine ross might hit it within a month but the rest of us will get there we're all going to sign a microphone for ross when he hits 100 like mambo's cricket man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder if the, it might coincide with him returning to the country actually i uh, hope so half decent chance so we'll keep you posted listener on what happens when ross does hit the hundred but for now like we say it is episode one two four uh, I suppose I should do the social shout-outs. Should have done that at the top, really. Boo! And to be honest, just follow us on Wrestling Should Be Fun on everything. I know that one of the handles is different. Is it Twitter slash X? That's yeah, different? Twitter is WSB Fun. WSB Fun on Twitter, but we are on all socials. And I think at this point, you can probably find us through the search bar with Wrestling Should Be Fun or WSBF. But Facebook, we've got content going over there. We've got content on Instagram. We've got it or even on the TikTok. We're that cool. Although I'm not sure how frequent that still is, but we are still there. We're still alive and kicking. And of course, on all the platforms to listen to this podcast, you're probably listening on one of them, but we are on all those as well as WSBFUN or wrestling should be fun. Um, James, we're going to go for a bit of a jazz episode this week. It's not really going to have a, a proper structure because we don't know what to put as what the nerds are watching and what is a round table because we're just kind of going to review things the big shows that we've seen, the Royal Rumble and uh, Progress Wrestling from Sunday that we were both at. So, um, yeah, are you up for a jazz episode? Yeah, very much so, mate. And I mean jazz in the music sense, obviously. It's not going to get too raunchy. Like jazz hands. Yeah, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. Audio um, format, not working. So let's start <laughs> with whatever Jingle wants to put on this section, Phil. 
uh, with the wrestling should be fun. What the nerds are roundtabling. <laughs> I like it. I've been watching you. Have you ever, ever felt like this? A la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 long. Have strange things happen? Are you going round twist? Come on. A la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 long. So, as you're the guest, James, today, and I'm hosting, I'm going to give you the choice of what we start talking about. We can either go with the Royal Rumble from Saturday night, or we can go with the Progress Show we're at Sunday. What do you want to kick us off with out of the two shows? Let's go chronologically. Okay. And we'll start with uh, Dynab now. We'll start with the Royal Rumble. <laughs> well, of course, there was some other wrestling. I probably should have opened by asking if there's anything else you wanted to talk about. So before we actually do get into the Rumble, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I can't remember. Like, as I say, it was a big weekend, a lot of wrestling... My brain's not that great at remembering things anymore. So Dynamite has sort of flown into the background a bit. I can't really remember much. It wasn't the Joe Hook last week, was it? That was two weeks ago. I think that was two. We can still talk about it if you haven't talked about it on here. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't get to talk about it because obviously it was Brum and Harley last week. Again, shout out to that. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that Joe Hook match was awesome. I don't know what you thought of it. Did you see it? Do you know what? I didn't finish that episode of Dynamite. Not because of the quality, just because I fell asleep and then never went back to it. But talk about it. What did you like about it? I'd say, like, you know, like, we haven't seen... Obviously, they've been building Hook in a good way, very slowly, maybe getting him... I said we don't know how ready he is. But having him in there with Joe and just a sort of, like, the comeback, the fight, sort of like... The, he's usually seen as quite a dominant wrestler, Hook. He hasn't had to show that sort of underneath fight that much. He sort of came out all guns blazing and got beaten down, kept coming back, kept coming back. Is that all you got? Eventually, he got finished off, which I think, obviously, is the right decision. But I think it could be the start of a new sort of story for Hook, and well, actually, a story for Hook. He's got the record, but was his record a little bit padded? Was it a bit like a Rocky in Rocky 3? Rocky 3, when they, yeah. he's fighting the nobody, and then he's not been fighting complete nobodies, but he's been fighting the lower mid card. Yeah, he's tried to step up. He, he's put up a good show. He hasn't embarrassed himself at all, but maybe he needs that loan back down to the championship. How many energy can I get in one, one go here? <laughs> and, uh, and build himself up and then uh, get ready to, to challenge again later on, because I think this match will get looked back upon in the future maybe not next year maybe two three years I'm not sure exactly how long it will take him it could be the end of this year if he goes at a rapid pace sort of, you know, sort of Kurt Angle I know he's been resting longer so that's not as good an analogy but um, yeah if he has a bit of time just to build himself up and uh, eventually earn his way back up there he probably won't be against Samoa Joe. Maybe after Joe loses the title to someone else, he has to vanquish beating Samoa Joe before he gets near a title again, that sort of thing. But I think there's lots of stuff they can go with it. And I think it was a real different side of Hook, and I think a bit of a star-making performance. I don't think many people dislike him. Uh, some people, I've always been a big fan. He just looks quite cool, good-looking fella, isn't he? Throws a bit few suplexes around. Not that well, the non-talking part. I think adds to it as well because he's sort of a bit mysterious. He sort of threw a few lines out like to Joe, like, is that all you got? Come and finish me or something like that. And um, after he'd already lost, then Joe came back out and batted him some more and then Hangman and Swerve turned up. I think you know, they're continuing their sort of, is a thing though. <laughs> I'm just quick pivot. I've probably, probably said all I went to say about Hook and... I told you, James, it's a jazz episode. You yeah, can pivot wherever Hook you want. Joe, which was great. Obviously, Swerve and Hangman are doing this sort of like competing to get the title shot against Joe. They're doing a, uh, what's it called? A um, pick your poison match on Dynamite tonight. And Swerve Strickland, you know, picks Tanga Leona, I think his name is. He's in his gang. Never been pinned, apparently. So, yeah, it makes sense to an extent. And uh, Hangman Page picked Rob Van Dam. Now, strategically, <laughs> if you're picking someone to sort of beat this guy up a bit and, and you know, are you going to pick arguably past his best? It's like if Michael Van Gogh had to pick an opponent for Luke Littler and he picked Phil Taylor or something. Well, not even, not even somebody who hasn't even been as good as Phil Taylor. Colin Lloyd or someone from like who won one major back in 2003 when you could pick one of the best people. Now, it doesn't make sense to me, Hangman. Where's your lo logic? His baby faces are dumb, aren't they? That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that is an odd choice. I didn't know about that. That is strange. And he's probably got some more mates that, I mean, are they even mates? I'd argue he hasn't picked a poison. No. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the, the rivalry still, even if Hangman, maybe not. But it's CM Punk calling him some dumb fuck. <laughs> Empty-headed fuck like Hangman Page at picking people's other opponents for people. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, they're, they're still, in, I'm still enjoying their stuff as well. It's probably other stuff that was good, but that's, they're the two things that stick out for me. Yeah. 
Okay. Anything you've seen on a on a on AEW at all? Uh, not particularly. I've I've seen a bit of Raw and NXT lately, and they've both been good. But there was nothing that I really wanted to go about. We'll probably cover some of it even in the Rumble, maybe. But yeah, like I say, started dying. I didn't finish it. So I yeah, really well, I'm about forty five minutes through NXT, so I didn't quite get around to doing it all before the show. Well, there's a Saturday NXT this week, so maybe that's one for next week. Was there really? I think it's a Vengeance Day is on Saturday. Oh, yes. I think. oh it's the show. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll be a better timing. Tuesday, when we're doing Wednesday records, tough and Dynamite's a week old. So maybe that'll be a good one for next week, along with Big Night. We'll try and get that covered next week then. We'll, we'll make it our duty, yeah. whether it's us here or not. We'll be covering yeah. that. No worries. Okay, let's get into some uh, Royal Rumble chat then. There was only four matches on the card, right? It was four? Yeah. And did it open with the Women's Royal Rumble from memory? It did. So I watched um, live and stayed awake for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a first time, potentially. I'll let you go, James, again. What was your takeaway thoughts generally of the Women's Rumble? I thought it was the highlight of the show by quite a big margin. I think there was some decent stuff towards the end of the Men's Rumble, but maybe it's because I wasn't watching it live, but I wasn't that into it. Women's are enjoyed. I mean, maybe it's, yeah, again, I, had, I was watching with Oscar and a couple of our friends who've been at the pub with, um, who were watching it with various degrees of uh, interest. But um, I think it always helps watching it with someone else for me anyway, just have a little bit of conversation, that sort of thing. Yeah, I enjoyed the Women's Rumble. There wasn't many, any old people, which I think goes to show how much they've um, built up or are, are bringing through talent, especially, well, I know Ross always makes a mention of how many females are featured on XT each week. It's pretty much a 50-50 split, which is you know, probably where it should be. And it's nice to see that coming through. I say like Jordan Grace was a cool moment. Uh, someone like a, a surprise who isn't old, not old, someone word, but you know, who was still wrestling and active and good and had a good showing. Obviously, Naomi had a comeback, whether that's as a part of a TNA loan or a re-sign. I haven't heard either way. I think there was an inkling that she was coming back anyway. Jade Cargill had quite a cool debut. Oh, my Lord, did she. And obviously, they did well building up Nia throughout that. I mean, mainly to give the, make the Jade's impact look even more impressive. And then Bailey getting a, completing the Grand Slam almost, I think, for her. The yeah. uh, women's titles, both NXT, Money in the Bank. And the Rumble, I think. Just needs that Mania main event. Yeah, I mean, that's more of a player of the year, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought up Bailey though, because that was the thing that I just loved about this Rumble. And, and there were more impressive singular spots, but the story of Bailey here, considering she is currently still a heel, coming in at number three, cutting that amazing vignette slash promo on SmackDown, which really sold her as like, you know, she's trying to like stand out now. She's in a group where the others are outshining her and she wants to step up and be like them. And she's clearly called her opponent at this point. Now, obviously, we've all seen wrestling before. This isn't our first rodeo. I'd imagine this is leading to a faction breakup um, <laughs> and a splintering of it. And with Bailey becoming a babyface, and I thought the way they booked her, considering she's going to be getting a face run, was excellent. The Kabuki Warriors being eliminated halfway through and Bailey having to then fight on her own. And she was at points doing the road dog spot where she was just on the bottom, just hugging it, just trying to stay <laughs> in there. You know, and there's these like we've talked about with Nia and with Jade. There was these big characters coming in, physical, throwing people around and Bailey managing to stay in there and win it fairly admirably. Like it wasn't some snidey victory, as all rumbles are, you know, the last person eliminated you are usually an opportunist. But I thought that the, the slow cooking on Bailey right now is excellent because we all knew that, you know, there was a baby face in there. We saw it in NXT and she'd really struggled to make that level of connection on the main. And she had to go to this heel character, which has been phenomenal and has probably overshot even her biggest fans thought in terms of success. So now to to see that slow transition, it's kind of the opposite of what they've done with Roman, right? Where they it was probably always going to be a heel and like that babyface run didn't work and that now it's clicked into gear. Bailey's going to be a monster babyface. Becky Lynch had the same sort of trajectory over a short period. The slow cooking of that face turn in this rumble was the thing that I absolutely loved. And obviously, really, the individual moment was Jade Cargill getting Nia Jax up. That was just phenomenal. But yeah, did the Bailey thing stand out to you? I said I'd been out for a few drinks that day, big manager rating. <laughs> so I probably missed some of more of the nuances that you would have picked up on. But I said that Bailey's story definitely stood out as, as just sort of like the main yeah thing going through the rumble. But I say, yeah, I don't I probably didn't pick up on quite as many of the uh things. So it's nice to hear them from that point of view, from something I wouldn't have looked at so much. Yeah, I personally loved it. And I I'd, I'd reckon there's probably a few other people out there. I haven't really 
uh, looked at too much reaction to any of the rumble online so i'm not sure what the general vibe is but yeah excellent one other person that i know you see a lot of james you're an nxt watcher i thought tiffany stratton looked excellent in the running of this as well coming in quite late i think it was 29 i've just looked 29 at yet tiff i thought she looked ready like ready to step up she didn't look out of place at all there thoughts on tiff yeah well i think her nxt arc seems to be done she's had the title she had the becky lynch feud she sort of just put Fallon Handy over recently, so maybe that's her. I mean, it's, it's always a weird time for these ones if people debut it would come out in the Rumble because you expect them to come out after Mania. So maybe she'll hang around NXT for another month or two and then make the step up. Although what we saw, I think there was some chat I heard that Braun Breaker might be heading to SmackDown as early as this week. Uh, that we'll was based, on, that what was on, ends, based yeah. on what was on Raw rather than dirt sheet stuff. Yeah, so maybe they'll bring Tiff up a bit earlier, but I'd, I'd rather they waited until they had plans when they haven't already, you know, you, you think the WrestleMania plans are already in full flow by now, and maybe she'll get sort of just lost in the shuffle a bit if they bring her up now. So maybe it'd be better for her to wait a little bit longer, but we'll see. We'll see indeed. Yeah, totally. I mean, that might be what they do. I don't know if there is anything particularly planned for now, but just thought I'd give her a shout because I thought she was excellent in this. Um, Obviously, we, you talked about a couple of things, but yeah, Jordan Grace, I didn't have any hot takes. It was just it was a fucking cool moment to see the, you know, a wrestler from TNA coming in again, like we've last year, we had it with Mickey James. This one way more unexpected because Mickey was obviously announced, but this one, uh, I think, really shocked people, and rightly so. Is there a W Forbidden Door? And, uh, and yeah, as, as we've said, Jade Cargill, man. What a fucking star. <laughs> on Jade Cargill, and you can give John Grace thoughts if you do have any, but on Jade Cargill, I was going to say, they kind of hinted at, I think, two matches mainly here. One that might be a on-the-road match and one that I feel was Mania. Do you feel that the Nia Jax leading into a Mania match with Bel Air is the way they go here? Or is it simply just maybe they just go with Bel Air or Nia at Mania? Which one? Do either do anything for you as well? Yeah, I think, I think they'd be interested in both. Nia Jax is to, uh, they have been building up quite a bit from what I've seen the last couple of months, maybe into the Rumble, the sort of monster type thing you'd get from I don't know, people like the big show each year. And then you probably, they're probably never going to actually win it, but they're always a threat to win, a classic threat to win. So I don't, whether they were building Nia up just for that Jade moment or whether it's, you know, I guess if, if she is ready to come up, and wrestle if they think she is ready. Because I you know Triple H has said been quite critical about <laughs> AW the way they treated her in the past. Then it would make sense, yeah, to do a Nia match. And I guess what Bianca, or unless they both go in the Elimination Chamber, and it ends up spinning off. She pins Nia there, and then neither of them win. They spin off into a Bianca match at Mania potentially. There's a couple of ways they could go with it. Wouldn't be a bad way to go. I mean, because I feel like W, if not, they're going to slip into the trap of right undefeated Jade again, right? Yeah, and then uh, and I'm not saying that is a bad way to go, by the way, because I'd be here for it. But maybe the chamber would be a good way for her to take an L the right way, if that makes sense. Like she could get, you know, you say about the big man, the big show. How's he going to get eliminated from the chamber? And then everyone does their finisher on him in a row. Yeah, um, and it could be Bianca that puts the nail in the coffin, and that's why Jade that sets that up. If they were going to go that way, that's just off the top of my head booking, and I'm not really a fantasy booker. But yeah, it'd be a good way to sort of start her without a, an undefeated streak, which seems to be quite common these days. <laughs> And it also means she wouldn't have to go one on one. Yeah, uh, so if, they don't, if they don't think she, if they want to give her an extra couple of months to do the to, in training before she goes one on one with Bianca in some sort of mania match where you, you seen, and this isn't meant to be comparing her to Johnny Knoxville, but you've seen a match at Mania with Johnny Knoxville that was really entertaining. Yeah, and she's obviously had a hell of a lot better wrestler than he is, <laughs> but you can do things there and people. It's you don't think recent times you don't think of many like absolute bangers at Mania, do you? I mean, I know there was the Charlotte Rhea last year, mm. but there's a lot. It's just as much about the moments as they said. And that's their own words, not mine. It is about having like a Wrestle Kingdom 55 minute main event type thing. It's it's always the opposite. So, yeah, if they don't think she's quite ready yet to go, then I think there's a Mania match they could do with Bianca, and they could sort of put her in the six woman elimination chamber as a setup. But again, yeah, as you say, similar to you, just that's just coming off the top of my head. Something. <laughs> yeah. My final point, this is my final point of the Women's Rumble, unless you have any more. Chelsea Green, hats off. Just really funny. Yeah, she's an entertaining character. I had one final point on the Women's yeah, Rumble. Yeah, go for it. I don't know how strong is Kyrie Sane. <laughs> Explain. Uh, like, do, 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 do you know when she got eliminated, which they think was she wasn't? Oh, yeah. Fuck, how right, she yeah. held herself up for that long and they were trying yeah. to, ask was trying to pull her back in. But that the strength to do that. Do you know what was good about that? They don't often do that spot in the Rumble. Like, usually they get back in, right? 
Well, they just wouldn't show her. They, oh, I just feel like so often that they like that spot. Then the rest of comes in and gets eliminated like normally. But they felt like a, like an actual struggle, and then oh, they're gone. Well, I don't. I think she was meant to grab onto the top rope, but right. she, she slipped off. I think that was the sort of suggestion. And then oh, she tried. Okay. To, she tried to save it with like a ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and and she, and she stayed on for about like know, it looked like about five minutes. It was probably about thirty seconds, but yeah. twenty nine and a half seconds longer than I just stayed up there. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> absolutely ridiculous strength and fair play to her for uh, trying to get back in. But that was impressive. I felt I deserved yeah. a shout out. <laughs> no, totally. I, I can't believe I forgot it. You're absolutely right to, to give it a shout out. Um, we then had the two uh, more traditional type of matches, although I don't know if you call a four-way traditional, but you, you get the sense, not rumble matches. And I mean, I enjoyed both of them for what they were. I don't think they set anyone's world on fire. Uh, and I don't mean that in harsh register. I haven't heard any chat about them. Do you want to just bung them together and give any thoughts generally on these two matches? Or was there anything you wanted to pick out? Well, LA Knight came out, so I fell asleep. Right, okay. And... Um... Gen- genuinely, not even, not even <laughs> <in the bed. laughs> and then when I woke up in the morning, uh, we were had progress to get to, so I skipped them both and watched the men's rumble. Okay, I did watch them live, I thought they were both entertaining. Particularly, he might not be the coolest cat, but Logan Paul's just really good still. I have to say every time because he doesn't wrestle so often, but I cannot believe how naturally talented he is as a wrestler. It's kind of annoying that someone quite dislikable is this good. But I guess that feeds into it as well. And Owens did not hold back on him. That was a stiff match. And a referee doing his job in the finish. Which Yeah, I saw the finish. No I think end. I just skipped it on and just and saw the end of it just before I got on to the, uh, to the men's rumble. And it looked, yeah, sensible finish. Yeah, like a, a keen-eyed ref for a change. I mean, <laughs> it would happen when a babyface has the victory, of course, in their hands. But... Still got to admire seeing those knocks. And Owens did use them as much as Logan's intentions were to use them. It was Owens who used them. So unfortunately, Kev, not your time, mate. (laughs) Um, That left us with one match. And that was, of course, the Men's Royal Rumble. And I won't say anything about James. I'll just let you go and give me your top thoughts on it. I mean, as you say, it might be because I didn't watch it live. I thought it was a little bit flat. Um, the crowd, I don't think, were as pumped for it. Maybe if you get to sort of 70 entrances, whatever, in a show. Yeah. You sort of lose a bit of enthusiasm. I mean, they started with the Usos, which should have been quite a big face-off. And I'd say they made it, people want to watch that match less. I don't, I don't but tell, I mean, I mean, it might be a bit harsh, but like there wasn't much thing like, oh, wow, yeah, can't wait to see them go out again. And they, they wasn't like one of them eliminated the other or anything. It was really strange. And- I thought when I saw them come out one and two, and a few people called it in the group, to be fair, there's some of them the wrong way around, Dom, <laughs> but they did call it, right? <laughs> I called Jay coming out of one. I thought he was going to be the Iron Man, so I just put him at one. And that was a lovely point to receive. But the reason I bring it up is I agree with you in the sense of I just presume this was going to be a match built really well. And I thought there was going to be a bit in the rumble with these two, like, through an elimination, right? Whether it's Jay getting rid of Jimmy the right way and Jimmy coming back being like, now nah, fuck you, bro. Or whether it was going to be Jimmy getting the sneaky elimination of Jay. But we didn't get well, either. They both throw each other out, like... Yeah, bar the opening couple of minutes, there wasn't... And again, I was watching it really late. The opposite to you, I was watching it late. I didn't get any uh, sort of underlying storytelling between the two, apart from the opening two minutes. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, that was one thought I had. It was nice to see Andrade again. Been off my Yeah, TV. I'm sure you were buzzed for that, About right? two weeks he's been off my TV. But um, always nice to see him. Big fan. When, I, I just made the mistake probably saying you're buzzed. You're probably less likely to see him being on Raw, right? Or SmackDown, wherever he Well, yeah, no, it's true, but... I do, I do enjoy his work. So um, nice to see him back in, back with his, back with his wife. Happy, yeah. If he's happy, who am I to begrudge him? Sure, he's getting compensated very handsomely. Yeah. Then I saw that the, the rumble just sort of happened, and I thought the, I thought the final four was, uh, Bron Brecker was good when he came in. I thought he was, he was the yeah. one person who stood out a bit. I generally thought it was a bit of a flat rumble. There didn't seem much going on. I mean, I agree with you on Breaker. I thought he was a real standout here. And obviously takes us to what the dirt sheets appear to be saying, that that spot was meant for Brock, right? Yeah. Do you think the rumble improves? I mean, obviously with what's going on, they made the right decision. But do you think with a, was it missing a Brock type level of star, this rumble? I know we had, obviously the real stories are going on with other wrestlers, but did it lack, there was not, again, like with the women's, no legends coming back that I can remember. Did it lack maybe a bit of star power then? No, I don't think it did. I mean, you had the the final four, Cody and Punk, probably the biggest two stars they had outside of the champions. 
Um, or say Brock Lesnar, not including uh, Drew McIntyre, who's been built up quite well, and then Gunther, who's the up and comer, the up and coming. He's I don't know how old he is, but like in the company, who's yeah, arguably the next man ready to break through into that star performance. Uh, I guess like we did have four main eventers in one match. You could have thrown a couple of them in. You could have had an Orton, and if you went to protect Orton and. LA Knight, you could have put them in the rumble and just given Styles the match. I get the feeling that's why he was in there to take the fall. <laughs> and so they would have had a couple more, maybe. So as I say, there wasn't much through the middle of it, I don't think. I mean, they had the people coming out, like Cody was bang in the middle of it. He was good for out, but he was in the early 20s, I think. And yeah. Punk was the late 20s. Sami Zayn with the comeback from the 30. Gunther was 18. Um, 18. Did you say Punk? Punk was 27, wasn't he? Punk it? was 27, yeah, of course he was. And then, um, yeah, Zayn was was a surprise, but he'd come, yeah, he'd been off for a couple of weeks. He got a bit, a bit more of a pop, maybe a couple of months ago. He was in for three minutes and nineteen seconds, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> and, um, and I think the the final four showdown was pretty decent. Quite enjoyed that. But I just, yeah, generally thought it was a, wasn't much going on and until that last four. Did they? Oh, I might have missed stuff. Did they sow many seeds? Did they plant many match ideas? I didn't think they did. I mean, my yeah, there was some stuff that they were playing off. Yeah. Eliminated Bron Brecker. But... I think obviously again, I'm going to take the dirt sheet stories as fact that you know that was meant to be Don Mysterio eliminating Brock, which would have probably been more impactful than Don Mysterio eliminating Bron Brecker. The big uh, Don Mysterio Brock Lesnar match at Elimination Chamber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have been up for it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would have been up for it because it'll be on at seven in the morning rather than. <laughs> I obviously this is just yeah. I would definitely be up. The things that I enjoyed about this was there was lots of big boys. Uh, phrasing. I know we had this before with the Lesnar Rumble where he was eliminating them all, but uh, I'm looking through the list now and I think these all count as big boys. Bronson Reed, Ivar, Omos, Gunter, Lashley. I mean, even more athletic big guys like Priest. There was a lot of spots with big men doing big men things and I appreciated that. And if, yeah, that was one of the stories they did advance, Karrion Cross and Bobby Lashley. Carrying Cross and Bobby Lashley. Yeah, that, I, I, do you know what? On paper, that doesn't sound the most exciting feud, but with all the added pieces, I think that would be really fun with the Ulster Payne and the, the Street Profits. That would be a really fun six man feud, I think. It'll be fun until I have to watch Carrying Cross versus Bobby Lashley one on one. Well, that might not be as fun, but I don't hate Cross <laughs> as much. I, I just think he's been miscasted. But anyway, that's for another day. That was nothing <laughs> really to do with this rumble. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about James. Do you want to uh, talk about your boy at all? Well, I say that, I mean, I quite, um, I think I had no problem with Cody winning it. I think I liked Punk's line of uh, didn't come back for 10 years to lose a Dusty's kid. That was sort of like, yeah, you're probably losing this. Uh, <laughs> but it's a good line. And um, yeah, I think got his comeuppance. He's also broken again, which is a shame. Never like to see people get injured, especially when they're people you, you sort of enjoy watching. Uh, and then we'll see him next year. He can come back for next year's Rumble. Yeah. I don't really have any hot thoughts on it. I agree with you. Just sad that he's injured again. It'd be interesting but... to see what they do at Mania now. Yeah. Have, uh, um, Seth Rollins seemed to cut a quite good points promo. And that's a terrible English I've used there. <laughs> but um, like a promo with, uh, you know, a compelling argument he made. There you go. To uh, to Cody to get challenge for his title over Roman's title and why it's a better title and why it fits in more with Cody. And so if they have got The Rock knocking around, suddenly, I mean, I don't know how the Cody storyteller people will think about it, but if you get Cody beating Rollins and The Rock v. Roman, maybe everyone's happy. I mean, my only issue is that, like, because Cody's won, it can't not be. He's had the other title dangled in front of him for a year with many open challenges, and he's never even bothered with one of the open challenges. Why would he go through a 30-man rumble to then go, oh, now I'm going to challenge for it? I'm not having it. Well, did you see the promo? No. <laughs> well, you say you got to watch Seth. You know, I'm not the biggest Seth fan by any means, but his his compelling arguments about how Roman Reigns, you know, he's never even there. It's a Hollywood title, it's a poser title. His is the work rate title for blue collar people like your dad, that sort of thing. You know, he made points that make sense to me. And <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty, I'm sure Cody will won't will sort of say thanks, but no thanks. But he did say think about it. <laughs> He said, well, "Think about it." He said, "I didn't think you could ever make me uh, change my mind, but you have made me think about it." So that's something. He's answering the thing the same way you would. He's like, "No, it's meant to be Roman. It's meant to be Roman." And then Seth's made the argument, saying, "You know, why do you want his title? He doesn't even turn up." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he doesn't, but it is the lineage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But 
All right. Well, we'll see where that goes. Um, obviously, they're going to have to shuffle things, judging on injuries and things. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Are we Are we done with the rumble? Anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't have much else to say about the rumble, mate. No, me neither. Should we get on to progress? Yeah. How do you want to take this on, James? Are we going to go match by match, or do you want to jazz the matches? Do you want to just pick out things you like? I like most of it, to be fair. The first thing that made me buy the ticket, apart from like I probably would have gone anyway, was the GYV Sunshine Machine match. I thought it was excellent. Gibson, back in his element. Just his face, his voice. Oh, that pre-match. We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's an absolute hero at getting the heat. Fantastic work from Zach Gibson. Really enjoyable match, as you expect from uh, those four guys. It was always going to be good. I mean, I'd been more surprised if it was bad <laughs> than it being great. And uh, yeah, great match. Just sun some machine with uh, putting out the victory. So I don't think it was popular in the Pickhams. <clears throat> Not popular because it was like a big pick in the Pickhams, but it was very popular in the ballroom and with us. Hometown boys getting the job done. And uh, then, then getting the rub from GYV afterwards. With a sort of a fate, well, I guess it was a sort of face turn. I don't know how they thought they were going to get received, GYV, coming out. Because, I mean, Gibson, you know, he can do it either way, really, can't he? He can either come out and say, oh, it's great to be back. He comes out, gets the booze before he chats. And, you know, he's got both sides in his locker, as he proved afterwards. Fantastic performer. Yeah, really good match. Really enjoyed that. I don't know what your thoughts of that was. I think you covered them, mate. I won't bore the <laughs> listener by repeating everything you said. Yeah, really good match. Great seeing Gibson back. The promo at the start was it was like uh, putting on a comfy pair of shoes, weren't it? <laughs> yeah. It was. It was just. It was just right. And you know what? Because he won't always get the props. He does from the people he met. Drake's great as well, isn't he? Like he takes it and he get. He knows what his job is there in terms of when he grabs the mic. He knows he's not got to say a lot, and, and Gibson's going to you know <laughs> direct traffic for him. I've said this before at GYV, Drake can wrestle how he wants because Gibson's so detestable. So Drake can kind of wrestle like a babyface and do flashy stuff and make the matches interesting because Gibson will always keep them heel. It doesn't really matter. And I just think as a team, they're just, you can see how long they've worked together. That's not to say that other tag teams aren't amazing, but they really do have like a, a built-in chemistry now. And that's not to say Sunshine Machine, that they do as well, which is why this match worked. But GYV, it's just excellent. And I hope they are back for a lot more than just that match. And we got the arse face back as well. And the arse face. A lot of arse face. I'd completely forgotten about arse face. (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of arse face. People always remember the shoes. They don't always remember the arse face. Yeah, I agree with you. A really excellent match. Uh, Can I tell you what my favourite match was? Or do you reckon you can probably guess? I'm going to guess it was Shigehiro Irie versus Bullet. Yeah, boy. (laughs) Oh, yes. I ran back from the mixer. I was dragging Rosemary. I was like, we are not missing Bullet. And we're actually about five minutes too early because uh, that's how eager I was. And I'm never <laughs> early. I usually miss half the opening match. But I was like, no, we're watching Bullet. And boy, it might not have, you know, it might not be a match that I'm going to talk about in a year's time. But from that show, I was loving every second of those two big boys just beating the hell out of each other. And a particular shout out to the dive from Shiggy which cleaned out the Ignite Wrestling champion, Adonis Payne, working in. <laughs> Outstanding work from all concerned. James, did you enjoy this anywhere near as much as me? Yeah, I think I did. I, I really enjoyed Bullet. Sh- Shiggy's great. I think there's something about Bullet. He's got something. I don't know what it is. Well, I guess it is a charisma, like the sort of, but he's got that, I just want to watch, you gravitate towards him. He's got like the face expressions, the sort of, he's just a, like a, so I've never seen him work face. But I'm sure he can. Oh yeah, well, actually, I'm not, Wickham, sure I'm not sure he can. I'm not sure he can. Down to High Wickham, you can watch him for Yeah, yeah, face, that's I what I, I think I remember him talking about it on your, when you had the interview with him, but he's just that sort of, I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, that sort of bastard look. Without being like horrible to an extent, I and mean, then you know he can be, but he's just that. It's more smugness, isn't it? It's more smugness than a nastiness. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Probably not as quite as much as you. But <laughs> uh, yeah, really good. And then um, what's his name came out at the end, didn't he? Yeah, unfortunately. For my tastes, unfortunately. Yeah, so we're talking about um, Lycos 2. He's still called Lycos 2, right? Lycos still, 2, yeah. Um, who ran Bullet off. Well, Bullet wasn't really run off. He cowered for some reason. Um, Bullet beat up a security guard, was that someone else? Yeah, so after Bullet had beaten a monster like Shigahiro clean, then Kid Lycos 2, who's about, he's lighter than me, 
And I mean, <laughs> I'm not I'm not light, but I'm not wrestling sized. And he's kicked Bullet and, and Bullet coward, which I don't think is really Bullet's character to be really micro critical. I, I, I think you can do it where Lycos 2 does that to Bullet, despite the size difference. I've got no problem with the size difference and Bullet being wary. But it felt like Bullet ran off at first and they did bring all the security out to stop Bullet. But it's such a small thing, but it, Bullet's character in that whole match didn't seem to want to run away from a huge physical, well-known champion around the world, Shiggy. I just thought it was a weird way to do it. But, I mean... Maybe they can sell it in a way that Bullet, he's a prize fighter. Yeah, I guess. He's getting paid for the EVA match. He's not getting paid to deal with little oiks who turn up afterwards. Yeah, I guess. I just feel like... I I, I haven't heard that being said, but that's what I'm just throwing out there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, it's a very micro-critical thing, and it probably just does my editing because I love Bullet. And I do get he's the hill, and he should be at times, you know, wanting to avoid doing the hard work. For me, it just felt very... There's a way of making Kid Like Us 2 look better in that scenario, is what I mean. He could have beaten Bullet a bit more and given him far more fire, and Bullet's trying to fight back, and it's a bit of a whirlwind, which I presume is what the match will be, and it will be really entertaining. And I love a David versus Goliath match, as I'm sure most wrestling fans do. And I don't think that it, it's out of place on what Progress's stories they're telling. This makes perfect sense. It's the two sort of generals going at each other whilst the, the masters are fighting. So, yeah, I'm all for it. But it just wasn't completely up my street after the match. But the fact they're booking it, no problem with that. I think it'll be a fun match. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you to an extent. I think it'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, where we're not quite sure of how they got there. I'm sure they've already, like, how many times you have to beat him up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think uh, get these guys in the cage that's what i'm saying get bully in the cage yeah i suppose what there's obviously it's a massive match on the card but i felt like when i was just looking through what happened we should talk about because she was on the pod what do we think of the rio harley hudson match i was personally really impressed with harley hudson who i've seen obviously at right cabaret but i thought she had an excellent debut oh yeah i thought she might win at one point yeah but i wasn't quite sure what nina was doing out there well it's because of the earlier match right she lost. Yeah, because Rio cost her. Did she? So, again, they're always hazy memories, but there was a point during the Kanji Nina match where Rio came out to distract Nina, which is why Nina came out later on. And ah, Kanji okay. then ran Nina on. I, remember, I, I so, knew Kanji had won, and that's why I thought maybe it was, Kanji would have more of an interest in the title match than Nina. I don't disagree. I think Nina... But I promise you, I, <laughs> with my own eyes, I saw... Rio come out. Now, I was going to ask you, actually, weirdly, that why, when we got onto this subject, why Rio, are Rio and Nina feuding before this? I think Nina's always feuding with someone. I guess so, yeah. Nina's always Because Rio came out, because for the champion, the face champion to come out in a heels match earlier in the card, like, to confront a heel, I didn't know if there was a built-in thing that I've missed, because I've not obviously been as up-to-date with progress. Maybe it's just Rio and Kanji are tight, and Rio didn't like the cheating that Nina was doing behind the ref's back, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's... that but the that they did set it up earlier in the show that Nina well, was that's probably... fair enough because I remember thinking of a time I was like, Nina lost. What's she doing out here? Yeah, and obviously with Kanji, maybe it's building to like a three-way or maybe four with Harley involved as well going down the line where Harley would be like, look, you're in my title match and uh, they've all got a genuine grievance. Uh, maybe that's where progress is going. But I thought this was... I didn't have particular expectations for the women's match. I thought Harley was great on the pod and, and probably got me more excited for it. But I haven't really seen much of the women's um, stuff. Obviously, I've not seen any of the stuff, but... The last match I was really invested in was Alexis Falk and Nina, obviously, we always talk about here. And I'd just been following up the women's title. I hadn't been grabbing me from the outside. So um, Harley just brought me in, man. I just thought she was such good fire in this match. Like, she, she's great. Yeah, very good. Very good. So, yeah, I remember enjoying her uh, right cabaret with uh, the BAR Mageddon. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, I say, yeah, I'd agree with you. Her appearance on the podcast got just the way that sort of had to mean. It made her so likable. And and, and that, that did help because it's a, it was a face-to-face match, isn't it? In, unless, apart from, uh, if you want to believe, all Northwest Stronger Heels, uh, which some people do me but um but yeah it's a face-to-face match and it gave us us from having harley on the pod a person to root for specifically and, and we got behind harley and, and really uh as much as we could and, and that seemed to catch on a little bit with our sort of area we had quite a large crew out this week so yeah i'd say you're always more exciting when you've got someone to root for and in a face-to-face it's like you know it gives you that reason yeah really enjoyed this one yeah, and, and only because they're linked, not because I'm lumping all the women together. But I thought Kanji Nina told a decent story at times. Uh, I don't mean that as, at times as in the rest of the time it was no good. Just as in, um, I, I thought that Nina did really good work in this, like working the, the Hill character as always. Kanji's always got babyface fire. I, I thought they had a really solid outing. Um, no, so I always love Nina Samuel's wet. She is. Similar, similar to Bullet in a way. 
in in that sort of that just got that charisma and you know you you sort of gravitate towards and want to see what they're doing with facially what they're doing behind the refs backs so, or that sort of thing or how they're sort of using anything they can find to their advantage. I think she's a, I think I said it last time she was on the progress show. It might've been the right show. I think she's a little bit underrated in that. It doesn't quite get talked about in the same vein as some of the wrestlers in the country. I think she's excellent. Yeah. No, no argument for me on Nina. I, I completely agree. And I know that she seems to be one of them wrestlers with the stuff I hear from like CJ Ignite stuff. Like she is thought of amongst wrestlers as one of the best wrestlers in the country. Not one of the best women's wrestlers as well, which always has to be clarified. I mean, one of the best yeah. wrestlers. Like, okay, well, I can't believe it took us this long to talk about because I thought it was a really good match. Mustafa Ali and Leon yeah. Slater. Oh, what was, I was it gonna say, Ali and Slater had a match. Yeah, just, just <laughs> Ali and Slater, you know, having a, an opener like that. What did you think of seeing Ali? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, in, it, in I... the ballroom. You might have seen him you know, on the bigger stage, but how, how in the ballroom? Well, actually, yes, yeah, a good question. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. As I said, the, the show, the whole, I thought was going into it, it was just pretty stacked hard and I think it, it lived up to that. And yeah, just what a way to kick off. You go in, Leon coming out first and everyone's like, oh, we know who's coming out. It was, and it was busy. We, you know, our view wasn't as good as normal, which is, uh, yeah. which is good. It's a I, good... Think, I think I jinxed us. Yeah. Now, it's a good uh, minute in a good way because usually the last, probably since the pandemic, there hasn't been, and even the last sellout, which was the case much, I believe. I might be wrong in that. I don't remember having like, that many people in in the standing area, um, meaning we had to be so far back. Um, I say, like, we sort of try and work it so the taller people go towards the back a bit more so everyone can see it as much as they can, whilst we can still stand with our friends, which is what we want to do. But, yeah, it was uh, really busy. And then Leon coming out first, you sort of get the big import, well, one of the couple of imports in, in early, and uh, delivered, definitely just... You got the pace. They had some hard hitting as well. They weren't wasn't just all flips and had a bit of your meat stuff in there as well. Yeah. Do you know what? That I was actually quite surprised because I'd said I would drop her in early, but I'll mention that uh, I brought Rosemary. This, I think this is her second progress show, and she's not a big lover of the wrestling. But I was like, listen, this one they'll barely be in the ring. They'll be all over the place. They'll be flipping. And don't get me wrong, the most impressive moment of the match was when Leon Slater did his turnbuckle dive and it was ridiculous. And she asked if he was still alive after he did it. <laughs> but what I mean, you're right, that actually it was a story told more in the ring, right, of two people trying to prove maybe the way I took it was, well, we're not just two flippy dudes. Like, we can go in, in the ring, like, rope to rope as much as we can dive. And like you say, there was a lot more wrestling and striking than I, I expected going in. Especially for an opener as well, it's quite brave of them. Yeah, and some of the counters, I think at least once each way, there was one of the one of the lads would come in off the top, and the other one would just punt them in the back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think they got one of them in each, like a mid-air punt or something similar. Uh, that's probably my favourite part. Really. <laughs> well, we've covered the big name import. Let's cover quickly the tag match: uh, Malik and Robbo versus Kings of North. New tag name? What do we think of the new tag name? I mean, I think it's deliberately terrible, isn't it? I think yeah. that's... <laughs> <It's... laughs> so... I mean, it's not even... You know, we we, we loved M&M for Mills and Mason. Because <laughs> M&M, you know, R&M. Like, I don't... <laughs> I mean, Costa's face when he said it. He's so proud of himself. And, and Robbo's just like, what? <laughs> but they are undefeated as R&M, so they've got to keep it now, haven't they? I mean, yeah, I, I was thinking this was going to be a continuation of the losing streak. But, I mean, look at the charm Costa and Malik have put on Robbo. He's willing to give up the chase of the Proteus now. Not interested anymore. Did he but say on the back burner, mate? Yeah, he said that's on the back burner. We're going to win I, the tag I, missed, I think I ran, I ran to the toilet after the match. And right, so he, he basically said, listen, I love what, the work you're doing. I really do. But we put that on the back burner because we're going to become tag champs. I'm going to be a, a two-time tag champion. So... That, that's now the route. So I would imagine we're going to see a bit of a, a winning streak probably coming their way. Watch out, so anyway, Sperling and Riley. Um, the next bit of the show obviously gets a lot of people a bit. It's a very Marmite part of the show. But I feel like we have to cover all the shows, seeing as how much we covered. And genuinely, I want to know where you are at with it, because there's been a lot of opinions thrown around. Where are we with the whole Simon Miller, super strong style, Rob Drake feud? And we'll even throw in this young boy, Taishi Ozawa, uh, who's debut match. So if you can, give you, if you have any thoughts on that whole Simon Miller and the match and the feud and the strong style, the whole shebang, James, your take. So I, um, Simon Miller, to me, I've never watched his thing, which apparently is very popular. I know Sign Guy, Sal, for example, 
He's always taking a give me a thumbs up Simon sign to all his shows. Uh, he's got photos of him at WrestleMania. And this guy's from Dallas. So, uh, he's obviously got a, what's the word, like a footprint, a social footprint, Simon Miller. So I'd never heard of him, personally. Um, but I don't watch YouTube, really. Like, anything that's longer than, like, two minutes, I hate watching on my phone. So I'm not, like, a YouTube guy. I like I'm walking around listening to podcasts, that sort of stuff, more me. Like you are doing right now. <laughs> but, um, so he's he's a new character to me. So I this was one of my best things I've seen. From, I think he's a fine ring announcer. He's obviously got charisma. He's uh, he's reasonably funny when he wants to be. I thought his speech was at like, the start. We're like, what you know? I wasn't massively into it, but I think he sort of won us round. I'm not sure why he's qualifying for. Why he's sort of allowed like, to just chuck himself in at super strong style. I mean, can I enter? I've got as well, many. What you points. have to do is is lose to the same opponent three times and yeah. be the ring announcer. Then you're well, in. If he'd said, like, I want to qualify for Super Strong Style, because I thought his speech was quite good up until then. And he's like, I'm not going to be a ring announcer anymore. And he's like, oh, I had to do it. No, he's quite an entertaining guy in, in that sort of way. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure why he's just been given a spot in Super Strong Style. Like, just, he's like, you know, I've got, I'm going to start, try and win a couple of matches and, and get in Super Strong. So when other people with better records will have, a, I'd imagine, will have, have to have a qualifying match or something. Yeah, um, I, that does, that's kind of the thing that annoys me because. I actually think Miller comes across like a genuinely lovely bloke. Yeah, definitely. But he doesn't look like he's got a bad bone in his body. Like, really, just a wholesome guy. And I hear that's his whole persona is that anyway uh, on YouTube. Again, I I think I've seen a bit more than you. Like, I know he is. I know, like, what he does. I can't confess to watching much of it, but I know what he does. He's the YouTube personality, reviews shows, blah, blah. And I think he just seems lovely. And I'm not necessarily sure this is what you do with him, bringing him out for a couple of segments where people aren't necessarily digging the first one as much. Maybe it was just because our section was being quite vociferous against him. But I'm sure he has made a connection with a lot of fans because he has. I thought he did a solid job. I think Jerry Beckwell's more my taste, but I think Miller did a solid job at a time when they needed him. No, I think um, he's a good re-announcer. And, and, and yeah. as I say, the fact he has got this online footprint is probably getting more eyes on the product. Yeah. Which, so from like a business perspective, it makes sense why you couldn't go with him. But obviously not. He's still got a bit of connection to make with us, I think. And and, and sort of, yeah. I just imagine my, if, my personal if, opinion. I'm not sure if they are still doing it. But if Progress run a Mania show and stick Miller on the poster, they'll sell it out, right? I think he's that level of like YouTube famous at a Mania weekend where people would, would take to him. I'm not sure if the ballroom crowds are the same level of love, but then we I don't talk to a lot of them. <laughs> we're in our corner and we're quite happy. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why he's qualified for strong style. I agree with you. There might have been a bit of a journey would have been better, but he's there. I don't really know much about Drake. You've been to much more of the shows. I, I enjoyed his match with the the uh, lad from Noah. I thought it was uh, an entertaining match, actually, for what they were trying to do. I think they completely ticked all the boxes. I didn't come away from the show going, oh, and they set up that Miller Drake thing. It kind of was there. Is that too harsh? Oh, I'd sort of forgotten, if I'm honest. Not in a bad way. There was so much going on. It was a, it was a long day. Rob Drake. <laughs> we, we went, was it, you're not even the best Drake? We went, yeah, <laughs> on the <laughs> show. And then when James Drake was out with us, there's a, we, we want Rob back, Charles. I think Rob <laughs> said, we prefer your brother. Yeah. I said, I've only seen him mate, with, with Lana before. I quite liked him. Like that yeah. was the first time I'd seen him. Yeah. I quite like him on that one showing. Like I, I enjoyed him. I'm trying to think who he wrestled. I think someone had to pull out of the show, and Rob Drake stepped in. I can't remember. Uh, no, no, it was unboxing, so it can't have been a surprise. But he's solid. I say not nothing against the guy. He's new. Seems to be coming across as a good heel. Happy for him to keep coming and see how he goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean? it, it, felt, it felt like for a guy who's just announced he's in strong style, it just felt like um quite low down the card level of feud. But maybe that's my perception. That's probably a me problem, to be honest. But no, anyway. I'd agree because Rob Drake hasn't wrestled many matches in progress either. No, I'm it, I suppose it's a good chance for Miller to win some matches going into strong style and prove why he deserves to be there. So yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing that I that they could have done. Like if he got, I mean, should have been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've gone <laughs> ending to the wrong way around. Right, before we talk about the main event, I don't know how negative we're going to get because we have some opinions. So I do just want to remind everyone, we are wrestling should be fun and we both loved the show. So I'm just getting that in now in case we sound too negative and get carried away because deep down, we didn't hate it. We don't hate anything. But I do personally feel, and maybe James, maybe I'm throwing him under the bus here. I feel that we want to have a little whinge about some of the booking of this main event. (laughs) 
But it is all done as constructive and not as from two people who are coming here to tear British wrestling down or tear progress down. It was just the way we felt, okay? So I'm really sorry. And Ross isn't here, so this is so off-brand. I can imagine now he's sweating listening to this. Um, <laughs> but I am just prefacing it with that because I can't promise this will be a wholly positive thing. And it, again, not hatred, and I'm rambling now just because I'm so scared of what Ross going to think. Right, James, the main event. I've set my stool out a little bit there. I didn't really enjoy the booking structure of this main event. I will also admit that I was a few beers in and rooting for other people so much that I was getting the genuine arsehole with things because I was being an arsehole. But um, what were your thoughts of the main event? Enjoyable, most of it. Yeah. Uh, I'd say nothing. I'd say like I thought um, Connor Mills had some good work in there. I enjoyed the sort of skins, full heel turn, Mayfairs and skins working together. But Lycos was really good in his babyface role. My, I'd say, probably similar to you. I thought it was too soon. That's the only. I said, if don't have a problem with him winning. Well, I do. I do. Well, not problems. One word. I don't see why he won. <laughs> so, yeah. Was, when the way they booked it, there were so many ways they could have got him out while looking strong as well. I mean, you had Mills after he'd eliminated him, turn and batter him, get him out then. And, and like I've got no problem if he he's the champion. I mean, this is the the one thing I thought after the show, and it was based on something which I'll let you mention to me um, about something completely different that made me think is that maybe they haven't got the time. They want mm-hmm. Lycos to be the next champion, and they haven't got the time yeah. to wait six like to strong style after strong style, and they need to do it in the next show because if he doesn't win at the next show, is either I mean I'm guessing Lycos is either done. He's got if he doesn't win at the next show, he's got to be done. I don't know where it would go if he well, didn't win. Either Spike's got things he's got to go on to or Lycos has got things he's going on to and they have to do the final chapter a little bit quicker than they planned. I, I thought I was uh, an advocate for Lycos not winning the title and losing his mask and coming back and building himself up and then in about, you know, I'd say about six months to build himself up to be the champion as like the, the face with, an, with a face. And I think what he's been doing in with that role has been excellent. But I think it's just, it, it's a little bit soon unless their hand's been forced to go with that straight away for me that's not i say it's not won't be everyone's opinion something like we want like us to win we want like us to win he didn't win last time i'm like a month later let's have him win yeah not for me personally i think yeah there's a story to be told that's almost missed out four chapters five chapters uh, and i say and they, and they yeah. put the match in such a way that there were ways to get him out and not like lose him any momentum let's say you you have mills do back to him he gets pinned by skins or mayfairs even gene money if he, I can't remember if he was still in by that point. He might have jumped on him or something just to take advantage. And then he feuds with Mills for a couple of months. And a strong style goes through skins, goes through Tate, beats Luke Jacobs in the finals. I don't know. And he finally vanquishes Spike and it's been built. Because it, they, they either should have done it last time when they built him up to an extent or rebuilt him up as the new Lycos. In what I say, again, I'm not a wrestling booker. And my opinion doesn't really count for anything. But, but you know, I've got money that I'll pay for what to watch a show. And I'll be less likely to go to watch another Spike Lycos match than I would be to watch someone else. Just fact. Yeah, I, I'm well, pretty much Spike Lycos match at this point. That. I'll, I'll rephrase that. I should say, first time seeing new Lycos in the flesh, big fan. It's such an improvement for me. Uh, I think he looks great. Really? I think the look is, is spot on. And I think he looks like a guy that could take the title. I've got no issue with the idea. Now I've seen it. Compared to old Lycos, I didn't really buy the shit wolf being world champion. Personally, that was my taste. This guy, I can see it. I can see that guy becoming the champ. Um, To book him from one was the weirdest choice. I mean, I suppose he's truly earned it if you're booking it from that point of view. But like you say, he's truly earned it before by winning a tournament. So I don't know. We needed that again. It's so soon. I I take your point on maybe it's being forced upon them. We won't speculate on that because we don't know. But I think yeah, was a complete. I say complete guess. Like, but like he also called his shot for the next show, didn't he? Because like he's not saving mm. the key. He's called his shot already. Yeah. Also, just my other thing is like I fucking love Jacobs. <laughs> I want Jacobs to win a match that matters. Since he won that Atlas title, what was that? A year and a half ago or something? And maybe I've just missed the chapters. From the outside, I don't feel like I've seen Jacobs positioned as one of their guys. And he fucking should be. Because he's mint. And I would have preferred to see Jacobs in that position. I would prefer to see Tate in that position. The way the match was playing out, I'd have took a Haskins match as well. That would have been interesting. I like the look of Yochi. Don't know if he's you know going to go for the progress title, but I like the look of him. And just really enjoying the match. I genuinely couldn't believe like I said, won. I thought it was balmy that he would win. I mean, and you had even had like the heels being smart 
and both doing their finish. Was it on Jacobs that they tapped him out because they both yeah, did both did the same submissions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that because some usually there's there'd be a Darmy will turn on him and there one. was people doing that in the match. Was it who was it? Was it Lycos breaking up pins? Oh God, yeah. Lycos broke up a pin. Yeah, I think broke, it was Lycos. Like, what are you doing? They were breaking up each other's pins. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's not a fatal four-way, right? <laughs> yeah, it's strange, but but I did I I do agree with you that until Jacobs went when I threw a bit of a paddy, I actually did really enjoy the actual match and the two and fro of it. It was keeping me interested completely. And, and when I criticize it also, like I'm not criticizing anyone's work, like they're all fantastic at what they're doing. It's just my personal, I'm just irked with the booking a bit because I want I expect better because I know they can do better because they've done better. <laughs> um, That's just my my opinion. Yeah, it's it, it is the sort of you know. He started uh, James Scott for eight games in a row. He hasn't scored. Don't start him again. Send him on loan to St Mirren, you know, <laughs> and see what happens when he comes back. back. We've started with loans and we're nearly finishing on loans. Yeah. Excellent work. <laughs> um, also, yeah. well, I mean, you said about buying a ticket, whatever, you know, it might not excite you. But can I just say, regardless of who the match is, like, are you excited to see the cage again? I didn't even know. Well, I forgot to mention the bit at the end when uh so I've gone to nip to the toilet after the show, come back after the match, come back in. Lycos was doing his uh speech and uh see big Dom stood there. I've got my jacket, my normal spot in the stairwell, just reached in front of this bloke to get my jacket. But I was like, What are you doing? I'm like, What? He's like this is Spike's waiting to attack. He, 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 was, he was asked Dom to hide behind him. I was completely oblivious, just walked over, got in his way, gave him a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed Spike about probably a second before he went behind Dom. I noticed him and then proceeded to go around to as many people in the group whispering, Spike's there. <laughs> like an absolute nerd. Yeah, we, um, well, I, yeah I missed it because I could. I, could... I didn't know. Do you know what? I genuinely, obviously wrestling brain tells you he's going to run in i thought he was going to be like this cool bit for us that we were spikes watch the promo <laughs> i genuinely didn't even click like a moron that was going to be part of the show in a minute well because like like because like us like i'm lifting your suspension and then Spike's yeah that's a bit presumptuous isn't he yeah as well he maybe he bought a ticket <laughs> no he did um james i did promise you at the start people have suffered through our opinions that we we're going to have a small game at the end what do you think yeah i'm game for, i'm game for a game okay so it kind of fits in with what we've done today. So we've kind of merged in, right? We merged in today a bit of what the nerds are watching in the round table. So what I've done is I've merged in the call-up sheet and book a bingo, but with a <laughs> twist. Do you remember when me, you and Brum did an episode about a year and a half back and I went to Chuck Taylor's fake names for the call-up sheet because Ross yeah. didn't give me a call-up sheet. We're going back to the well, baby. <laughs> James, what we're going to do is you're going to give me two numbers and that's going to be the two wrestlers I'm giving you to build a feud. And you're going to tell me how the feud's going to play out between the two wrestlers from Chuck Taylor's play sheet. Now, I obviously have the play sheet, so you're also going to have to pick my numbers and I'm then going to go against you with my two wrestlers. We're not going to have a vote who wins. The listeners can decide. They can message us and say... The listeners oh, all Michael. win or all lose. <laughs> yeah. The listeners, Mike, who hates this game, and anyone else in the group, can decide who won. But, um, James, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first, mate. Okay, give me two numbers between 1 and 29. So, just checking. So, I've got. A, have I got to give Chuck Taylor's people a gimmick and then book them together? Yes. You can pick whatever gimmick you want both these wrestlers to have, build the feud, and then that's your book of bingo. So, you've got free reign on both people. Cool. I'll go number three and number 10, please. Okay. Number three and number 10. Number three is Boomer Scarborough. Yeah. Number 10 is new in town, Luke Wilcox. <laughs> okay. I think you've had a bit of a blessing with 10, but... Um, there we go. So, just to tell you again, Boomer Scarborough versus new in town, Luke Wilcox, James. Okay, right. So, I've actually got something here. <laughs> so, Boomer Scarborough. Now, obviously, Scarborough, town in north of, uh, of England, Yorkshire. Boomer, also the name uh, Boomer Sooners, the Oklahoma College sports team, Jim Ross. So, Boomer Scarborough is a lad. He's from Scarborough originally. He's been at Oklahoma University. He's in his fourth final year. He's come from Scarborough. It's his fourth year. He's over there. He's been there a while. He's sort of the uh, top dog of Boomer Scarborough at Oklahoma University. Suddenly, a guy from, I'm going to say he's from East Lancashire. He's won a Premier League title with his medal. 
Well, he's the start of a Premier League title with a med- And he's also going to Oklahoma University. He's new in town. It's Luke Wilcox. <laughs> now he's come in. Obviously, there's a bit of a rivalry between Yorkshire and Lancashire, as there is. You've got the, the son of a title winning Premier League footballer in new in town, Luke Wilcox, against the man who's been there for years and is the top dog of Oklahoma University, Boomer Scarborough. And they are going to end up fighting in the quad. If like everyone's out, it's the big bully Boomer Scarborough against the young baby face, sort of like a, that Oberfemi v Riley Osborne match on NXT a couple of weeks ago. But this time, because he's the son of a Blackburn Rovers Premier League title winner, new in town, Luke Wilcox is going to roll him up for the victory and get carried off into the realms of Oklahoma for some barbecue sauce. That is way better than I expected this section to produce, mate. Well done. <laughs> I can't say I got any of the references for the first guy, but the son of Jason Wilcox getting the rub was not what I had on the bingo sheet. <laughs> right, give me two numbers and I'll try and get close to that. All right, I'll give you number 16 and number 18. Okay. No, 11. You can have Jason Wilcox's number. Okay, so 16 11. and 11, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so I've got 16 which is Cool Dad, Don Crenshaw. <laughs> and Cool Dad, John Crenshaw versus Eleven, which is actually one of the best names on the list, and I'm going to ruin this by having nothing to book. Number Eleven is Danny Double Dip Dawkins. <laughs> oh, God. I'd only planned to do this for you and uh, the Fox. So now <laughs> I've got to try and come up with an idea. Uh, cool Dad, Don Crenshaw, Danny Double Dip Dawkins. Okay. God, I'm going to ruin my own section here. I'm not even got anything. Right. Genuinely having to think here. This is going to be work for Phil that he didn't need. He's giving me time to think of my ending. (laughs) Um, James, I've ruined my own section. I've got nothing. This is a section that has died because I can't think of anything. (laughs) Even though they're they're two objectively brilliant names, I can't think of anything. Well, I think, how about I'll help you to call that sheet part of it and see if that inspires you for a booking. Well, cool dad Don Crenshaw, I know what he looks like. I can picture him. Well, I think D- Double Dick, what's his name? Danny Double Dick Dawkins. He's a yes. Bloke. So basically, when you're, um, you know, you're sort of sharing uh, like a fondue or something, is whatever his thing is in the fondue, having a bite, and he's putting it back in. And he's pissed off, like, cool dad John Crenshaw, who's obviously like, he's quite a cool dad. He's got kids, but, you know, he's the cool dad of the group. But even he's pissed off. A double dip Danny Dawkins for his absolute bad etiquette at the table. That's about as much as I've got. James, this week the Book of Bingo was James versus James because I'm useless. <laughs> but I, I hope there was at least one laugh in there for you, listener, and we can all laugh at me for being terrible at my own game. <laughs> James, thank you so much for joining me to review all of this. It's been a pleasure. Uh, have you got any shout outs for the listener? Well, I say Shad's has just texted me this evening. He's bought us uh, a ticket for me and him. Uh, everyone else, welcome, of course, to Riot Cabaret on the Thursday, the 22nd of Feb. Uh, Riot Cabaret into Thursdays. Obviously, this weekend, me and you off to Ignite. Um, we are indeed. Yeah, we did mention earlier in the show uh, on Sunday. Uh, looking forward to that. I think Shad's is also going to some promotion in Hackney next Tuesday. I can't remember what it's called because he got tickets to one in Portsmouth, I think, called Kapow. But I think Gangrel might be on. Oh, wow. Um, well, I might have made that up completely, the second part of it. He's also got one to a wrestle something, wrestle factory or something in Hackney next Tuesday. Um, Hackney so. Wick Wrestling? Yeah, Hackney Wick, yeah. Yeah, Hackney Wick Wrestling. That's what it's called, Hackney Wick Colour Factory. Something factory, isn't it? Yeah, Colour Factory. Yeah, yeah. Colour Factory, yeah. So he's off to that as well. So that if anyone, I think I've been a football training, so I don't think I can make that one. But if anyone else wants to get along to that one, yeah, so I'll be at Riot Cabaret on the 22nd, Ignite on the 4th. I saw Josh Alexander was booked for the Rev Pro Rumble. Uh, they're getting a TNA champion well, in the same boat as WWE, don't they, really? I'd hopefully try and get to that if I'm around. Uh, high Stakes is on the 18th of Feb. Uh, you got Osprey Oku. You've got Zach Sabre, Gina Connor Mills. Uh, the team match obviously announced. Uh, it's pricey, so that's why I haven't committed to it yet. But I'm not against... I'd, quite, I'd really like to go. If it was at York Hall... I'd go even with the price because it's I can walk there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll see what happens with that one. And then I guess progress will be at the end of the month. I presume so, yeah. There's two, right? Because I suppose the dome one's in March as well, isn't it? That's a big one. There was a dome on the 7th of March, I believe. That yeah. yeah. Yeah, so lots of stuff coming up in the London scene, just the London scene alone. So yeah, 
plenty of shout outs get along to your local promotion if you're not in london go and watch your local promotion uh, if you're in the north listen to last week's episode because harley hudson mentioned loads of promotions i hadn't heard of her and brum up, up that way that she said uh, a, a bit of a, a worth going to so yeah check them out but there's always something around somewhere wherever you are i imagine unless i don't know i was gonna think it's somewhere remote i don't know if orkney's got a big scene i don't know <laughs> uh, probably has to be fair but yeah well i i completely agree with your sentiment even though i can't think of a wrestling company in orkney um, <laughs> i do agree with the sentiment get to your local we're going to be at my local ignite on sunday i think there might be like literally five tickets left possibly it's a complete sellout so the one next to yeah. us still available <laughs> <laughs> I think the one next to me and you, James, is available. So if you want that one, go like back left side. You'll see it. It's there. It's us. But yeah, are we, are we on the? Are we in the? Are we in the ramp? We're not on the ramp. We're on the end. On the left. Yeah, I, can't, I can't get. I won't get mugged off by CPF this time. Not this time, mate. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> there was no ramp seats available. But we'll see when we're there. Sometimes, you know, some people can't commit and stuff. Maybe we'll get to the ramp. But yeah, ignite this Sunday. That's going to be awesome. Um, James, as again. Thank you so much. And you are going to sign us off, I believe. Well, yeah, I can sign us off with the, uh, I'll do Dom's staple of the show first. Drink lots of water and look after your mates. Back of the net, Renee Paquette. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. fun. 